In the early AD 30s, Jesus sat with some of his closest followers just outside of Jerusalem and prophesied in astonishing detail much of what would happen in the history of that region over the next several decades. And as we read through what the apostles and other early leaders in the church were inspired to write by God's Holy Spirit in passages like Luke chapter 21 or Mark chapter 13 or where we will be today, Matthew chapter 24, it can build your faith in Jesus for being the Son of God, his Christ, his anointed one, our Messiah and Savior, because he could tell with such accuracy what was about to happen, and in the Word of God, breathed out by God, inspired by his Holy Spirit, is something that we can look to with confidence as being true and right, the authoritative guide for our lives. Yet, we reach a point in Jesus' discussion with those apostles where he says some things about the Son of Man coming on the cloud that become a little bit less clear. Because as much as we can look at what Jesus says in the first part of Matthew chapter 24 and map it with great exactness to things that we know happened in history in the first century, things shift in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. Even though Jesus is recorded as saying here that what happened next would happen immediately. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near. At the very gates, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Whenever Jesus positions the coming of the Son of Man in the clouds, gathering together the elect, as immediately following events that so clearly describe things that happened within the lifetime of the apostles, as we read in the book of Acts, things that happened around the war with the Jews and the Romans and the destruction of Jerusalem that culminated in AD 70. But then to say that this coming of the Son of Man in the clouds would immediately follow, well, that starts to pose some difficulties for us, because just by virtue of the fact that we're here today, Jesus hasn't come yet. There hasn't been that loud trumpet call. The elect haven't been gathered from the four corners with the wind. So what does that mean? then? As followers of Jesus, we don't believe that Jesus was wrong, that he was mistaken. We believe where he ended that heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will not pass away. 
That means there must be some other way to understand what's happening here. One way that we might understand it is to be generous with how we understand that word immediately. As we've studied before, we've talked about how biblical prophecy is like viewing a mountain range in the distance, where to us it seems like two mountains might be touching one another. But when we come closer, we find that there's actual vast valley in between. We've talked about how Peter said that a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years with God. So God's perception of time is different. So when Jesus says immediately, maybe that's what we need to take into account. But then that poses another problem. Because Jesus said that some of that generation would not pass away until these things take place. So does that mean that Jesus wasn't referring to the actual generation of the apostles he was speaking to, but generation in terms of those who would be a part of this age of the new covenant that those apostles would bring about after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? That that generation is all of us from the time of Jesus rising from the dead and his apostles proclaiming that good news until the day Jesus comes again. Perhaps. Or was Jesus talking about the actual generation of people there in that first century? But what he was saying would come to pass was only referring to those things up through the destruction of Jerusalem. Maybe. Or was Jesus not actually describing his literal coming again on the clouds, but was describing how the whole Jewish world would be upended by the destruction of Jerusalem. Rather than describing literal stars falling from heaven, the literal sun and moon being darkened, but showing how completely the world at that time would change. Presenting that as a call to not cling to the way that they have traditionally understood life, but to welcome the new life in the Spirit, that the proclamation of the good news about Jesus would make possible. Any of these could be perfectly valid ways for understanding this passage, for interpreting this passage. And good and honest people might read this passage over and over. They might read it in different translations. They might pull different commentaries or reference books off the shelves to try to understand it and they might reach different conclusions. We might come up with different ways that we think are best to interpret this. And that is okay. There is some ambiguity here. We might have something that just seems as clear in the world to us as the right way to understand it, but we need to have the humility to admit that there are some things in this wording that might be a challenge that a reasonable person might not reach exactly the same conclusion we do. And that doesn't make them one of those false Christs or false prophets that Jesus warned about. We can genuinely be seeking to serve the Lord and have different viewpoints on how exactly all of this will come about as long as we all agree that heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus' words will not pass away. And even if we don't completely understand, even if we don't completely agree, and not just with each other, sometimes even with ourselves, over the course of our own lifetimes, how we understand these passages might change. As long as we believe the fact that what Jesus says 
will happen. As long as we believe that Jesus is coming again and we will be accountable to him for our obedience to his words, then if we can agree on that, then even if we view some of these things a little bit differently, it will be okay. The challenge for us is to not get so bogged down in the minutia of interpreting the prophecy that we miss the point of the prophecy. And as Jesus moves forward from what he says here, he makes clear, as we will soon see, that the point is that all of us must be ready.